Welcome to the second ever People Experience podcast. Today I'm going to be talking to Hannah Meredith, who is the health and wellbeing partner at MVF and the creator of their much nominated Be Well strategy. Hannah herself is also the winner of the Great British Workplace Wellbeing Awards Most Inspiring Employee. So I'm super, super excited to be chatting to Hannah and we're going to be talking all things wellbeing, their strategy at MVF, the things you should avoid and how you can really get employees involved in those kinds of initiatives. So Hannah, so nice to have you here. How are you? Thank you. Hi Molly, thank you. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's really good to be here. I'm excited that we um, finally get to talk in person as well, which is great. Yeah. So we've spoken before about this and you've told me that you're very passionate about breaking down the stigma of mental health since you yourself have a lived experience of mental health issues. Um, I would just love to know about the genesis of your role at MVF, Health and Wellbeing Partner, because I do think it's still such a new frontier for so many com- companies. So yeah, what's the genesis and um, what do you do? Really started to kind of do quite a lot in the wellbeing space, but was working the people team in a different capacity. So started putting on talks around mental health, um, you know, running yoga sessions and bringing in people to do different wellbeing events. Um, and we, yeah, we created the role. We thought that there was, um, there was enough work to do um, to, to have a full-time role dedicated to it. So we created the health and wellbeing advisor role uh, at the time. Um, and I was tasked with, obviously the first thing was to come up with, uh, create our strategy, uh, which we did. And we launched uh, launched that in 2018, officially, the Be Well strategy, which is um, multiple award shortlisted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I had to kind of um, evolve the role over time, I suppose. And the role grew into actually what's now a, a mini department at MVF of the health and wellbeing. So uh, a lot of my role obviously initially was about the, the strategy and kind of um, embedding that strategy at MVF, but um, now I spend you know a lot of time supporting employees like one on one. So um, anything from kind of wellbeing plans, any health challenges people might be going through, to looking after all of our parents as well. So parental care is something that I'm responsible for. So um, I look after Family Forward, which is our parental care plan that we launched last year. And um, I sort of spend, I guess, quite a lot of time one-on-one with people, making sure that um, our MVFers are having a really good experience at MVF um, and they're feeling supported by MVF, especially in those kind of moments that matter in their lives. And I also spend a lot of time working at a more strategic level with the strategy and with sort of driving policy change and and writing all those policies. So it's it's quite a varied role. Yeah. Uh, It's quite busy and it obviously is quite broad reaching in terms of all the different areas that you that it touches so that's it in a nutshell a really yeah. big nutshell I mean <laughs> an extraordinary role I would imagine but definitely a demanding one yeah. too yes. I'm I'm really interested obviously to touch I think first of all maybe on kind of the mental well-being aspect of it um I think when we talk about well-being in general sometimes people can gloss over the fact that being vocal about that at work is really, really difficult. And I think maybe now a lot of people have this idea that attitudes changed completely during COVID, but I read this really interesting report recently that basically 
it was it was two reports, one from 2019 and one from 2021. And um, it outlined the fact that speaking up about mental health has increased massively mm. um, since COVID. But actually having a positive and kind of constructive response from that hasn't really increased True. at all. Mm. So yeah, I just I just want to talk a little bit about what you do at MVF to ensure that people have that psychologically safe environment mm. to talk out about mental health issues they might be having. Yeah, sure. Um, I think, well, yeah, it, I, I definitely can see why that is also happening. I think with, with businesses, because um, perhaps they haven't had the foundations or haven't started to look at well-being in the workplace until that the pandemic hit. So although people might be talking about it now and willing to come forward, they haven't actually you know, been able to kind of have those things in place. Um, and at NVF, obviously, we're really lucky because we, we launched our strategy in 2018. So when um, COVID actually hit, we already had so much that we could um, tell people about, that people could lean on. So we already had those foundations. So that that really helped us, I think. Um, but also, I think at NVF, we have a very strong kind of feedback, open feedback culture. So although it is extremely um sort of challenging, can be quite a challenging environment in terms of the targets and, and that kind of pressure that people are under. We also um, make sure we have sort of very good um, line manager training and support. So yesterday I was on a, a course, a line manager course that we run internally, um, which was all about feedback. It's called the gift of feedback and how you give good feedback and how you help people to grow. So we have a huge learning culture at MBF and it's all about um, giving people the feedback and the tools that they need to develop and to grow in their roles. So it is quite an open culture in terms of people being able to raise things, you know, with their, with their line managers, if they are struggling with, with their work pressures. Um, and then in terms of the kind of mental health aspect, I think because we um, have kind of done quite a lot of line manager training for specifically for mental health. So we have uh, an e-learning module that we launched a few years ago um, that is assigned to all of our people managers. So people, it's, it's kind of awareness, basic awareness training of how to um, spot the signs, how to have conversations, also how to protect their own well-being because that's really important as well if you're a people manager. Um, I actually heard at the, the Reva conference that people managers are like 20% more likely to have a mental health issue than yeah, non-people managers. The, it's such an interesting conversation is like who who's yeah who's doing mental well-being for the HR managers or for mm -hmm. the well-being partners or for the people who are having to deal yeah. with these things because the boundaries can be really blurred like it it's so difficult how do you guys like address that absolutely it's, it's really tricky and it's not something that we um we weren't perfect at it and I think over COVID I realized myself that um you know I I had to be really strict with my um with my boundaries um and actually make sure you know that I was sort of switching off um and not you know being always on but also putting support in place for me so I have um supervision now so I'm able to kind of talk to someone in a professional capacity about my work and see it's confidential because obviously I spend a lot of time listening to people as well so listening to people's you know what they're going through and yeah, so you need to, I think if you are thinking about creating roles like this, you definitely need to put in place support for, 
for those teams and for those those people doing those roles. Um, but yeah, making sure obviously we have a lot of mental health first aiders as well um, across MVF. So I think we've trained fifty people um, over the last few years, and they you know they're in every single team across the business. So there's always kind of someone to talk to. Um, as well as all of our external supports, there's internal support as well. That's not just the people managers. And there's people that um, mental health first aiders that the people managers could go to if they're, you know, if they're worried about someone in their team and they want a bit of sort of um, guidance on on how to support them. So there's, there's, I say there's multiple kind of avenues for support for people and for the managers as well at MVF. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically about making sure that everyone has very clear people that they are able to reach out to and it doesn't all necessarily fall on on line managers because that's such yeah. an interesting conversation, isn't it? Line managers, managers are, are, are hired for their skills. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily hired for their, I don't know how to describe it, their ability to handle mental health mm. issues. yeah. They're and, not obviously yeah. trained professionals or, professionals or counselors, yeah. you know, absolutely. And um, nor, you know, nor am I, I'm not a trained counselor either, but I think having those kind of layers of, of support and having different people you can, you can turn to, um, and, you know, having a good people team that you're, the line managers are able to, to lean on, but also we have quite a, like a coaching style at MVF. So we coach our managers through situations um, you know, we don't really believe in HR in, in the traditional sense. So um, we have really, really good learning and development programs for our managers that we have on the MBF curriculum. Um, and yeah, it's, it's kind of developing those skills because it is, it is a skill in itself to be a people manager and you need a lot of, you know, mm. you need a lot of empathy and you need a lot of emotional intelligence. So um, developing those skills really in, in the managers so then they can go on and, and, and coach their their direct reports as well so yeah yeah I think I want to talk a little bit about kind of flexible work and how you guys are approaching that at the Mm. moment because I know (laughs) that your be well strategy includes a lot of like kind of activity and kind of um yeah like community-based activities I would Mm. say and one of the interesting well the interesting zone we're in now is is one where the office all of a sudden is being seen again as kind of like a requirement and this is for a lot of companies and and it's something that's being pushed really hard by certain politicians but I do think in in that conversation a lot of people are forgetting that the office potentially has this great power for Mm -hmm. community and for team building so how are you guys approaching kind of your attitude to hybrid and, and and making that office space really like a desirable place for for community for people Mm. yeah so we um I think we've talked about it before Molly but we have um at the moment the the hybrid policy is three days in two days remote um however we we initially sort of once we were coming out of COVID it was it was fully optional but we didn't see many people coming back but I think that was a very different time to now because people were still very unsure about COVID in general and the risks at that time then we kind of launched um, our first sort of hybrid policy which you know is is three days in and and two days out so we really what we're trying to get to now is a place where um, I think people can can choose and have full choice um, because 
I think what we really want to do is, is create this um, amazing environment in the office. And I was saying to you earlier, we've got this lovely building and it's huge and it's been designed with well-being, um, you know, at the, at the heart of, um, of its design. So it's a great space that you feel amazing when you're there. So what we're trying to do is making it a place that people can come into and they're getting something from it when they're there. So they're going to a lovely MVF class, you know, they're doing yoga or jujitsu or whatever it is people do, football, and we've got um, all sorts of things happening across the lunch times, um, and maybe coming in for a collaboration session with their teams. Um, so then when they come in, you feel kind of more connected to, to the purpose. And I personally love working from home, but when I go into the office, I feel a lot more um, kind of um, motivated and I guess, connected to the vision of the company and of what I'm doing as well and, and, and my team. And, you know, it's busy and it's it's demanding, but you can have a laugh, you know, in the yeah. meeting with people. And it's just, um, it's a very different feeling. And I think trying to get to a place where you're building a, a nice community like it is here, these offices are great too, you know, <laughs> um, where people want to come in rather than they feel they have to. Um, and making sure, I think there's, there's all sorts of discretion and flexibility going on within teams and, and within, you know, uh, different people's needs. So parents, for example, might, you know, might be doing slightly different um, office days, but generally um yeah listening to what people need and, and letting our managers kind of use um their common sense and applying discretion when when needed is, is the way we're, we're kind of approaching it at the moment and for people who've never been to the mbf offices which mm. i imagine would be most people <laughs> listening um what does that kind of what do those like spaces for collaboration actually look like and how yeah how are they best utilized in this kind of re regrouping phase that we're in mm. so we have um we had an amazing design company called trifle who designed the the building so um we i think once we kind of realized obviously that we were going into this building and it would be hybrid we they completely redesigned the the building um for us based on less desks more collab space so you know, huge areas that you can, like we've got a whole learning and development suite that is, it's very kind of um, low on furniture. So you can really move around and get involved in the sessions. Um, we also have somewhere we can do yoga in the evenings. Um, we have a Zen room where people can go and pray throughout the day or meditate, um, which is a really lovely space just to, to go and have five minutes in. Um, and yeah, just kind of designing those spaces, I guess, with a lot of um, things that people love, like whiteboards or walls of whiteboards and, you know, areas that people can really um, kind of get stuck in and, and have those huge kind of collab sessions. So lots of color. Um, yeah, lots of lots of cool um, art everywhere and, and things like that. It's yeah, it's quite a nice, inspiring space. Oh, lots lush. of plants as well. Lush. The Zen space sounds great. Yeah, it's it really nice. It's one of those late on a Thursday afternoon, yeah. I think. It's gorgeous. So another thing I really want to talk about is this idea of listening and it's something we've already touched on, um, talking about how you're kind of like tailoring the the, the um, return to what people are looking for. But yeah, I, I wanted to ask how else you're ensuring that people are involved in the well-being strategies that you're mm. coming up with, because I, I know it's, it's, you know, it's all well and good having like lovely gorgeous ideas but it's really what what people want so what is that yeah. process like for you guys 
Absolutely. It's so important um, to, to actually design the strategy, I think, in the first place with, um, with your demographic in mind. And, and that has also changed for us over, over the four, four years that we've had Be Well. So we um, always plan to kind of evolve the strategy. And that's, you know, that's obviously what we've done. And then the last kind of couple of years, we've really seen a, um, a big focus on um, parental and family health, um, reproductive health, because we have more and more MVFers now who are starting their families. So kind of making sure we're, you know, um, covering all those areas of well-being as well. Um, and, and we've always used engagement surveys, really, as the main kind of way to, to listen to our people. Um, and we measure well-being through through our survey. And we've always kind of asked the question around well-being within those surveys. So um, we run focus groups as well. So um, our CPO, Ange, has recently been running some, some focus groups with all different groups um, from MVF to help inform our new people strategy. Um, so yeah, we, we, we're constantly listening, um, and, and we, as I mentioned with the feedback point, we, um, constantly ask for feedback, um, and we have sort of different tools to, to, to do that. So, um, yeah, just, just always making sure you're kind of dialing in and listening to, to what people, um, want, but also, I guess, being more kind of, um, aware of, of the changing, um, ages or, or things that people might be going through. So yeah, kind of building off of the the listening side of things, I'm curious because I know obviously MVF is, you know, a, a really high delivery in a lot of ways, very high pressure environment. Mm -hmm. How do you balance people's well-being with um yeah, also kind of an acceptance of of the fact that things are going to be stressful at times. Mm -hmm. What's kind of the the balance in terms of strategy and in terms of implementing the things that people are saying it's it's very it's it's a, it's a tricky one for sure because i think we always try to be um with the strategy quite preventative and pro proactive and that's kind of the ethos of be well but obviously that doesn't always work and there are times where for example the whole last two years needing to be much more reactive um so i think it is difficult and i think really you need very clear um, sort of performance measures, targets for people because clarity is really important mm. for, for people to feel secure and also like they know what's going on for their, for their job and how they're doing. So going back to that feedback point, that is why that that is constantly um, happening at MVF because it should never be a shock, you know, if you're, you're kind of not doing well. Um, but also I think having good role models, so making sure people you know, senior people are leading by example as much as you can. And I'm not saying we're, we're perfect at that at all, mm -hmm. but um, I think it's really important if you want to do one thing within your organization and you are quite a, a high pressured um, organization, um, having your senior leaders kind of leading leading from by example and, and making sure they're taking their lunch breaks, you know, going in and doing some exercise or, or doing spending time, you know, with their kids or whatever it is that, um, you know, it's going to help uh, recharge their batteries. And I think um, it's really important to have emphasized that time that people need to recharge and, and have, you know, have that time off. And some of the most successful things we've done are, are like summer hours initiatives and, you know, giving people that time, well-being hours to, to kind of um, 
really recharge their batteries and, and obviously acknowledging at times when it is really stressful and, and making sure people are, are heard when they're raising concerns. Yeah. But you can't eliminate stress for people uh, completely. And not all stress is bad, but it's, you know, it's how you support people through those times and, and making sure you're listening. I think that's really important. We did that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm curious, what do you think a, are some of the like common mistakes that companies make mm-hmm. when they're crafting a wellbeing strategy? Because it's just, it's going to become more and more prevalent. So let's try and preempt some of them. Yeah. What, are, <laughs> what are some of those mistakes? Um, I think I would say not taking like um, a more holistic approach. So I think sort of thinking that wellbeing is a one size fits all. Um, and that the same thing is going to work for everyone, I think would be, um, a big one. So with Be Well, we obviously, um, try to create something that's very, um, holistic and, and multifaceted and, and covers all different aspects of wellbeing. Um, so it's not just about having mental health first aiders and an EAP and thinking that then you have a wellbeing strategy. Um, it's actually thinking about it in a much more holistic way um, and how things like inclusion um, need to be, you know, considered as well as a foundation, really, for people to to have a good sense of well-being. There's a lot of things that that need to um, need to be looked after and, and be addressed within your people strategy. Um, yeah, so I think that you really need to think about your dem- demographic as well and the, the types of people that you've got. And I think at MVF, we've been very lucky that people have been very open to anything that we've kind of introduced and, and done. Um, but yeah, if you've got kind of, um, you know, people who are working, you know, in, in shops, you know, or on their feet all day, you know, they're not necessarily going to be able to engage in um, the physical stuff because they might be more tired. So it's just it's just thinking about what sort of work people are doing, what sort of pressures they're under um, and how you can kind of put the right support in, in place for them, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and talking about kind of that holistic thing, how do you ensure that your offering is is holistic and is kind of in in line with um, yeah, is it, sorry, I guess what I'm asking is, is there a lot of like conversation across the people team about like the employee offering as a whole? I'm talking, mm-hmm. you know, pay, I'm talking leave, I'm talking yeah. all these different things that do contribute to someone's well-being. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, the Be Well strategy, health and well-being, it makes up just one part of, of our, you know, wider people strategy. Um, and within that is obviously learning and development, which is is huge for us at MVF, as I mentioned before, a massive learning culture. Um, talent, obviously, um, and reward, you know, benefits and rewards. So how people are, are rewarded and, and all of the kind of um, benchmarking and fairness, you know, that we try to, to put into that. Obviously, there's always, always more work to do. Um, we are recently launching our DE and I policy as well. So, um, you know, doing, looking to do a lot more kind of work on inclusion and, and our ESG goals as well. So um, I think what's really important to people now is is making sure work has a purpose and and how that aligns to kind of um, the world, the, the exterior world and, um, you know, making sure you're trying to do good things as a company is, is actually really important to, especially to the younger generations. So um, yeah, working on those ESG goals as well. So um, health and well-being really does it is just it is one part of 
of the wider people strategy at MBF. And, you know, there's a lot of um, different strands that, that are being worked on all the time by my brilliant, yeah. brilliant colleagues. Um, so, yeah, lots of things obviously feed into to people's well-being. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about kind of the policies that you've got implemented at the moment, but I'm really curious what's next for you guys? Like what are the, the frontiers mm. that you're kind of dealing with and, and pushing on at the moment? Yeah, so for us, um, the next strand to be added to Be Well is is going to be financial well-being. Mm. Um, it's something I'm regrettably feel I'm two years behind on because it was in uh, February 2020 that um, I think I heard the saying um, at a conference that uh, financial well-being is the new mental health. Um, so I knew then it was the next thing. We'd already had a couple of sort of uh, webinars and lunchtime seminars at that time, but that was the next thing to be worked on. But obviously COVID hit and we've been, you know, in, in much more reactive mode for the last two years. So I feel a bit behind on it, um, but it is so important right now, obviously with the cost of living crisis happening. Um, so financial well-being, looking at uh, providers that we want to work with, that we want to launch, um, that can provide um, our MVFs with the tools really um, to, to empower them to feel in control of their finances. Um, is is definitely going to be the next thing for us. And I'm sure it's a big focus for a lot of businesses because everyone is feeling the pinch. This is It's going to hit people, uh, I think, quite hard this time because mm. it's, it's a cost of living squeeze rather than um, inflation rates as it was with the last, the last kind of recession. Um, so yeah, I even heard this week um, that the pensions that we have in the UK, the pension is the world's worst pension or something so you know there's a lot of elements obviously that go into financial well-being and they're, they're definitely things that need to be um, addressed for us this year for sure I was very lucky to have you on the podcast so thank Thanks, you so Molly. much for coming Hannah and I'm so happy that we managed to actually yeah. make it work and the stars align yeah um, but yeah thank you so much it's been so great to have you thank you I've absolutely loved it it's been brilliant so thank you